in the studio today with Barry Zito. Barry has had a long and storied baseball career. Like you are, you have the distinction of being the only co-writer I've ever had who has a Cy Young Award in their bathroom. And so first time we wrote at your beautiful studio, I went in the restroom, I was like, there's a Cy Young Award. So that's very cool. But you won a World Series. You, I looked up the average for a baseball pitcher in the major leagues, and it was 11 years. So you exceeded that by four years. That correct? Yeah, I did play 15 seasons. Um, that's, yeah, very fortunate. That's amazing. Did it since I was a little kid, man. So, you know, as in getting to know you, um, I found that your music really kind of predated your uh, baseball. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, yeah, when I was playing kind of, I was always playing guitar through my baseball career and writing songs and want, always wanted to be a producer writer. Um, but I think a lot of, a lot of people didn't realize that I, you know, my family was essentially all musicians and no athletes. So somehow an athlete came out of there, um, you know, by, by happenstance, I guess. That's amazing. So when did you first learn to play an instrument? Um, you know, I actually wanted to do music earlier in my life. My, my father was a real successful jazz musician. Um, you know, he was Nat King Cole's road conductor, um, for many years and my mom was Nat's backup singer. And so that's actually how they met in the sixties. Um, but through his music career, I think he, you know, learned some, some wisdom. And so he always told me, you know, if you want to make a living, don't go into music, which is kind of funny. <laughs> he said, you know, there's three pitches. By that time, I was already playing baseball for a few years. I think I was like eight or nine when he was telling me this. But, um, you know, he was like, you know, master three pitches and they'll send scouts to find you across the world. And, uh, you know, so he never encouraged me to play instruments or to really do any music stuff. But once I signed um, with a professional team, you know, after my junior year of college, I bought a guitar. Um, or it might even have been that it was actually my junior year of college. I was dating a girl and her, uh, roommate, uh, her roommate was playing a guitar and, uh, I started, I remember I tried to pull a G chord and I was like, this is literally the hardest thing I've ever done, <laughs> you know, trying to get my <laughs> fingers there and have the right pressure and not have all the strings muted and clanking. Um, so I went down to guitar center on sunset, um, in LA cause I lived there forever. And, uh, you know, I bought a, an ovation celebrity. And uh, yeah, that was my first guitar, man. My first guitar was an ovation as well. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember so, the, the plastic it, back. It would always slide off my lap because it had that super uh, slick plastic yeah, it was kind back. Of, it had to kind of prop your knee up higher or something to keep it. Yeah, that's right. Against you. Yeah. So during your baseball career, did you just let music go or, or were you still working on that throughout your career? No, I literally, I just said, you know what, I'm going to be stuck in hotel rooms, you know, in the minor leagues and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I would just, I just loved music. I always loved music um, and, you know, was just fascinated with playing the guitar. You know, my dad was a piano player. My sister went to Berkeley. She was a piano player. But for some reason, you know, guitar was better because it was portable, right? And so I literally just, I remember Sublime was like the first songs I ever played. I think the first song I could play from front to back was this song called Pool Shark by Sublime. It was the slowed down acoustic version and it had all the crazy bar chords. Um, 
you know, all the way up the neck. Um, but I remember a distinctive moment. Uh, I was living in West Hollywood in the flats with my sister, Sally, and uh, she'd come back from Berkeley and um, uh, she wanted me to be in her band. And so I basically started playing rhythm guitar for her and started taking guitar lessons. And uh, and I remember the first guitar lesson I ever had, this guy came over and I told him, you know, he's like, so what do you want to learn, man? Like, you know, Hotel California, Dust in the Wind, you know? And I was like, no, I, I just want to learn how music works. Like, I don't want to play songs for my friends. You know, I want to understand how to, how this thing works. And I want to learn music theory, like right up from the, from the beginning. And I remember his eyes lit up so big. He was like, oh, really? He's like, nobody ever asked <laughs> for that, you know? So off we went, man, into learning the modes and all the dorky, nerdy stuff that I love, man. That's awesome. So at what point did you decide you really wanted to pursue music full time? You know, I, I always wanted to pursue music full time after baseball. Um, so, you know, I was always, you know, trying to write songs and stuff like that, playing, um, you know, I bought whatever instruments I could buy and get my hands on. I, you know, I played guitar, I played electric guitar, um, got into jazz really heavy um, at a lot of points because you know, kind of started learning all the different chords and all the weird jazz chords. And so I started learning a lot of jazz standards um, on electric guitar, which was fun. And then I remember me and my uh, my buddy would play rock band um, on Xbox and they had like a plastic drum set that was part of the video game. And I was really good at it. And so I said, forget this, man, I'm not going to get good at video games. And so I just bought a drum set at that point, you know, and <laughs> I'm not a drummer by any means, but it, it felt a little more fun to play an actual acoustic instrument than a video game. Um, but I think all that kind of prepared me for, you know, finishing up baseball, um, like I did here in Nashville, I played for the sounds and, um, you know, I, I was able to go into music full-time here, um, not as a producer yet, but, um, basically came here and, and, um, made friends with a guy named Robert Philhart, who was at ASCAP at the time, um, running ASCAP with Michael Martin. And, uh, he believed in my songs and he started putting me in rooms and, um, so I basically took a week off after I retired from baseball in 2015 and then started, you know, writing country, um, country music pitch, um, and just getting in rooms with writers and, um, did that for almost three years. It was amazing. That's awesome. I didn't know you played for the sounds. That's crazy. Amazing. So we have a lot of people in song town that are here because they've, put music aside to do something else for a long time. And, and then they're coming back to kind of the first love is, was it difficult for you to go from being a, a superstar in the baseball world to starting over in, in something else where you're literally just climbing your way up from the bottom? It was, and it wasn't, I mean, I think for me, I always, I was always doing something involving music through, you know, my 15 years playing ball, um, even to the point of recording an EP, you know, um, in 2011, you know, I paid a buddy of mine who was a producer to do an EP, just four songs I'd written by myself. Um, I never released those songs cause I was actually pitching horribly uh, for the giants at that point under a huge contract. Yeah. So it probably wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> hey man, check out my new music. Um, uh -huh. so, but yeah, I was always, scratching and clawing to just be creative musically and so um that was something that i really looked forward to doing and for me i think 
I didn't view it as starting over. Um, and I know like a lot of us people, right. That music wasn't our first career. It's, it's really easy to be like, oh my gosh, like I have to do this whole thing from scratch and, you know, I don't even know where to begin, which is definitely like the overwhelm. And I can understand that. Um, but for me, it was like, I get to do what I've always wanted to do. And I mean, to get super deep, you know, this dream of music, I think is completely my own. Um, whereas the baseball dream for me was kind of like, it was my dream, but it was also like in a big way, my father's dream. And we kind of did it together. Um, and my parents have both passed now. Um, and they certainly passed down a lot of musical wisdom and just an ear for things. But um, I do kind of feel this like liberation um, in this rite of passage that I get to kind of go at this, you know, alone and uh, which is hard sometimes. But um, yeah, I just I don't know. I, I learned some lessons in baseball, like just being so obsessed with results and outcomes and what are people going to think of me and am I good enough and all those normal things that we deal with as human beings. I, I feel like I learned those over and over and over again on the field and just got my butt kicked so many times. And when I was able to really um, have a clear perspective and really, you know, have a good time on the field, um, which was not often actually. Um, it was because I was really focused on like, what do I get to give to this moment? Like, what do I get to express authentically right now? You know, something that I love versus like, what is this going to get me? You know, what do I get to take from this moment? What do I get to take from the game or from music to satisfy my ego? You know? And I think for me, that's the big, that's a big difference. Yeah. That's a huge life lesson. You know, I think. If, if we can learn to walk through every day looking at what we can give to the to the day and to the people we encounter we're going to be a lot happier it's a it's a real cliche marty the you know he who you know gives receives you know or whatever that cliche is. i mean but it's like so true because yeah. even it's in collaboration and stuff when i'm working with people if if i'm just trying to give my best self and just love on the people that i'm working with that day everything else kind of just falls in place. It's really weird. But if I'm in there trying to impress people and trying to be like, you know, do I have to get back in the room or like, are we going to write a great song or just like all that kind of like outcome oriented thinking, man, I just completely lose myself and just everything gets upside down. And I usually hate myself at the end of the day. <laughs> like, why are you so in your own head? You know? So yeah. I did that so many times on the mound. And so I just, I can still do that sometimes, but I go near that headspace, and it's almost like when a kid goes near an outlet, it's like, don't, don't, don't touch that. You're, <laughs> you're going to get shocked, you know? Yeah. That, that, that's advice that I give writers all the time. I mean, that when they ask me how can I be a good co-writer, I'll say, bring out the best in the people in the room, you know? And so like when you, you and I are writing with our friend, Alyssa, we go, She's got a great voice. And I'm thinking, Barry's so talented with this music stuff. You know, what what can we do with, with this amazing set of talents in the room, you know? And I think on the days like you're talking about, if I can get out of my head of like, oh, do they like what I'm throwing out? Do they, you know, what what are they thinking of my ideas? Then I can really just focus on you guys and what we can create together, you know? Hmm. God, it's so funny. Isn't it funny how we all kind of think that about, you know, other people in the room sometimes like, and at the same time I'm going, dang dude, like Marty just walks in here with the concept. That's just like, 
I mean, it's literally just like, it's just a turnkey. Here you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you just like pour water on the lyric and I take my headphones off and I'm like, man, y'all are killing it back there. It's freaking epic, dude. So yeah, I feel like, I don't know, as long as we can always just be in awe and grateful and appreciative of the people that are around us, I, I just feel like it's always going to be something good's going to come of that, you know? Yeah. And what a gift to be able to make music, you know, just walk in a room and there's nothing there. And then we, we leave and we got something we're really proud of. It's really bizarre. <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre. So tell me what you're working on these days. Um, so these days I'm working. So I, I, I wrote, you know, country pitch, um, for almost three years. And then, and, you know, I, I grew up in Southern California, um, and I'm, I married a country girl. I mean, she's from Southeast Missouri, which, you know, technically I guess would be the South. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I, it was something that I didn't feel like writing country. I didn't feel like I could draw as much on like, let's say growing up in the country. Um, so generally, and when I was in those rooms, I just tried to add, you know, whatever I could melodically, um, maybe structure phrasing, things like that, that are kind of, I feel like where I kind of thrive, but, um, you know, lyrically is always been something I'm just so in awe of, you know, what, what you do, Marty, and you know, the, the way that words can just transform my heart and my emotion, you know? So I, well, I, I liked doing that stuff, but I do feel like I'm in my sweet spot now of being a little more on the track side, um, which I'm about five years in on the production journey. Um, and, you know, just working with artists, you know, um, working with young artists, whether it's in country or country pop or, or pop, you know, um, I think pop has really been a love of mine. Um, just growing up in a jazz kind of household with funk and soul and growing up with Michael Jackson and, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire and all these kind of 70s kind of things like i love the fact that all the 70s music's coming back into the commercial scene man mm -hmm. like you know i heard the new jonas brother album and i'm sitting there going dude i mean it's happening like michael mcdonald kenny loggins like the yacht rock thing is literally cool again <laughs> so that, that's very exciting um and pete nappy you know a local nashville guy was all over that album so um but you know for me i'm just continue to work with young artists and, you know, trying to do more pop projects and, um, you know, doing some sync stuff. Um, and, uh, I think the one thing I wasn't prepared for as a producer was like how the time management piece, uh, is a much more of a challenge, which I've talked to you about Marty, cause I, I still haven't yeah. delivered a track of ours from a couple months ago. Um, <laughs> I just, as a songwriter, you know, we walk in and most of the songwriters work, I feel like is kind of, off the field out of the studio right like you're always pulling these ideas and things um and then you know you come in three four five hours and you do that and and as a producer i think i wasn't prepared for the way that the the time the time management piece honestly so um and you know the studio where i work is where i used to live um we don't live here anymore so we actually live down the street um, and I still get to work here, which is amazing, but, um, I don't get to work like late nights or early mornings like I used to. So I can't come in at like 4am and, you know, edit some vocals for a couple hours before the kids get up. And, um, so right. I'm really honestly just trying to navigate like how to get all the projects done, um, and still have balance with a family and three, you know, three young boys and, um, things like that. So it is a challenge. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, it's a constant journey as you know.
And you were telling me earlier that you're always looking for young artists to work with. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love music. I, I nerd out on music. Um, and so I just, you know, I love there's young artists that are looking for collaborators. You know, I'm always willing to, you know, get a session and, you know, if, if the music excites me and there's something cool in there or, you know, um, if the person is great, you know, um, I'm, yeah, I just, I'm always looking for more people to collab with. And, um, honestly, I just used to be the guy in the locker room that was like dorking out on music and none of my teammates wanted to ever hear about it, you know, and, um, <laughs> just would talk about the little nuances of songs or chord changes or, you know, I'm a synth kind of guy i love synthesizers i think you might be able to see one in the shot there but you know just mm -hmm. the knobs and the sliders you know and um all that stuff really excites me so i just you know i love talking about music and kind of connecting with people through music it's a it's a fun thing well barry's a super talented guy amazing to work with so if you get an opportunity you should take it how can people find you on social media um that's an interesting question i've actually recently taken a big step um a bit of an uncomfortable step but to kind of separate my socials from like the baseball fans that knew my past career and now my kind of musical tribe um here in town right um so i i just kind of i was barry zito music but um i've broken off to drake holloway music which was actually my father's um it was his stage name uh, growing up in the bronx and playing you know playing piano in new york he played under drake holloway because uh, he actually joe zito was a very italian name he couldn't get a lot of gigs with that name back then um so yeah drake holloway is kind of my producer name and uh, drake holloway music is my instagram account so that's usually where i'm hanging awesome. out awesome no i was gonna say thank you so much for having me marty i uh i really appreciate everything you uh you do here at Songtime, man uh, i just told you off the air that I get lost in the rabbit hole of the Songtown content, man. It's there's so much good stuff. Like my head explodes. I can't take enough notes on things that you guys are talking about. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I don't know if you got any of your gear at Sweetwater, but Sweetwater's our sponsor. So we always like to thank them. And uh, the, Clay and I have spent a bunch of money with them. They are awesome. Love Sweetwater. They are my favorite. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right, Barry, take care. Thanks for being with us. Marty, thanks so much, man. Take care.